Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. Hello and welcome along to this week's Rugby Pod, brought to you by our good friends at Guinness, who helped us out with all the live shows uh, before and during the Guinness Six Nations in London, Dublin, Cardiff and Edinburgh this year. Uh, we had some epic nights and hopefully uh, we'll have one more to go in May as well, so keep an eye out on social media for that. I'm Andy Rowan, Big Jim is here with me as usual, but uh, he's got a bit more room on the sofa today. Good, he's away in Dublin, uh, not in Dublin, he's in Dubai. Uh, and his budgie smugglers. Uh, so we've got a friend. <laughs> we've got friend of the show, Freddie Burns, here in his place. How's things, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Another substitute appearance for me. So it's, uh, I'm used to these. So stepping in for people is, is class, mate. Oh, don't be like that straight away. No, mate. Not better, mate. Uh, we'll, we'll get on to that. Uh, nervous being here, Fred. Do you feel nervous? I never feel nervous around around you, Big Jim. Good. I feel, I feel a bit of pressure in it. The pod's doing well. So um, I know a few boys listen to it. Plenty of friends listen to it. So. Um, Got to get a, give a good account of myself, haven't I? So basically, we're going to tell a few loose stories. As you rocked up to the podcast, you were wearing what looked like, from a distance, a black moleskin kind of Top Gun-style jacket. Why have you got dressed up for the occasion? Well, I heard Lady Gaga come to these studios, mate, so I wanted to look like Bradley Cooper mm. from A Star Is Born, but... Oh, get it. No, to be fair, mate, if I wear that leather in Bath, it gets ridiculed. So in London, I can get away with it. Good story about the leather, though. When I first bought it, I had a team social at Leicester. I'm there drinking, go to the toilet, come back, leather jacket's gone. Who's got it on? Richard Cockrell. Never been so disappointed in my life. Oh, mate, mate. Oh, you couldn't have had a more uncool bloke. Mate, I had to go and ask for it off him. I thought he was going to rip it. It's pleather, mate. I thought he was going to rip it. Is, it. is it pleather? No, it cost me enough, but it's, uh, yeah. So we're in London, Fred. Do you venture into London much? I mean, because I'm right in saying, and we've probably got a good 150,000 lady listeners. Single man. I am, mate, yeah. Single man, yeah. How's that, mate? Yeah, it's all right. Are you in London looking for love? Mate, we're always looking, aren't we, Jim? How, do, how does one look for love these days? I mean, I'm obviously very happily married. I've got four kids. My life is in turmoil when I speak about it like that. <laughs> do, you, do you have much luck? Define luck, Andy yeah, Rowe. Well, what do you... Or, like, do you, do you have many dates? I'll be honest with you, I don't... Well, I, I hate dating in Bath, mate. But this is one thing I found going back to Bath. When I was signed for Bath, I was like, oh, it's got to be class. Go play for my hometown club. Um, Rockstar. Do you know what I mean? Come back, sort of return to, to where it all began. And uh, I just realised two things, that when you've got brothers that span over 10 years, a, load, <laughs> oh, a shitload God. of schoolmates and a whole rugby team, there's not many women out there that haven't been... Associated. Associated. Good, thanks, Jim. <laughs> and the second thing was, I, I made a shitload of mistakes when I was a youngster, mate. <laughs> oh, mate. So what do you do instead? So, I, I mean... You you on these dating apps? Tinder? Is it Tinder? Grinder? 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 I'm hearing about them. What? What is I've it? I've dabbled on a few. There's this one called Raya that we were talking about before, Jim. Mikey yeah. Raya on the all dayer. Yeah. So mm-hmm. basically, you have to be like you're like vetted before. So you kind of have to have a bit of a social media following and stuff like this. So and vaccinated. Yeah. Or but not. You get like a friend pass. Get a friend request. You can send it. Whatever. They they check it out. Let you on it. To be fair, it's full of a load of idiots that just think they're far too. Like or, or a lot more important than they actually are. Oh, like Andy like Goo, so they're full mm. of Andy Goods. Or myself. <laughs> oh, well, it's one of them where that you see the profile picture. Not that I've been on Tinder. If my wife's listening, I never have. Looked at Grinder a few times, and I will be looking at Raya, Mikey Raya. Do the profile pictures match up? Because if you're going on there, you yeah. put in your very best picture, aren't you? You put in your picture in front of the Eiffel Tower, and then when they rock up, knock, knock, knock. You're like, sweet Jesus, where is Candy? <laughs> that ain't Candy. <laughs> Uh, to be fair, I'll be honest with you, I've not, I, I've actually not been on too many Tinder dates. I kind of, Tinder's like my toilet entertainment, so I sit on the toilet oh. and just have a little look and then sort of come off it. That's probably a bit too much information. Yeah, there, it is. What's your bio? Give us your bio. Professional rugby player. Professional rugby player, homeowner. S- s- 
homeowner. <laughs> it's important. It's really it good. Yeah. No, it's not, um, Single-handedly beat the All Blacks. Yeah, that's up there. Um, yeah, well, I got the I got the tattoo of my England cap number on my chest, so uh, that comes out every now and again. But oh, what's the uh, what's the tattoo? Smart. No, you've asked. I shall tell. <laughs> the deep V. The deep V's on. The deep V. Yeah, doesn't oh. go down too well in Ocean Beach when you got a darb on you though, like me. To be fair, you literally you could look like Bradley Cooper sat here compared to what I'm normally sat with. Goody, yeah. picture this, Freddie. Right, he's like going on holiday. All right, going to dubs, and you think before you go on holiday, like I'm going on holiday in a couple of weeks, so I'm doing a bit of extra training, just trying to eat a little bit cleaner, mm-hmm. so the missus don't look at me and think my husband is horrendous. Goody's gone the polar opposite, <laughs> the absolute polar opposite. He has gone double the amount of drink, double the amount of food, and he's this time decided to rock out a pair of budgie smokers. Could you imagine the sweat? Is there going to be photographic evidence of him and his budgies or not? I don't know. I'd pay a lot of money for that. How's your week been this week, Jim? I mean, you're you're a bit tired last week. You feel like you look like you're bouncing off the walls today. I am. I'm back. I was exhausted. I listened to the podcast, but I should probably apologise for the, the the slightly blue language used. I, I was exhausted. It's been a tough week, and we basically took the Calcutta Cup home. So I was overexcited and tired uh, and hungry, and I'm back now. I'm fine, but I'm going back to Hong Kong next Monday. So if the burglars listening, please don't go around my house when you know that I'm not going to be there. So, uh, yeah, going to Hong Kong next week, Fred. Nice, what are you doing there, mate? I couldn't even tell I'm there for the Sevens, doing corporate, doing some stuff with the union. Just quickly, what do you know about Sevens? Fred, thank wanna, you. don't want to undermine you, Jim. No, no, mate, Freddie, you're not, you, hey, you ain't undermining me. My, one of my biggest stages as a young man was on the Sevens. You mid, played Sevens? Middlesex Sevens for Leicester. Same arm, same leg, was it? Mate, I scored a try from the halfway line. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Seven man move. <laughs> I scored a try from the halfway line against Wasps and I remember getting skinned three times. I mean, I scored a try from the halfway line and let in two or three, but yeah, I'm going there as a figurehead of the Hong Kong Rugby Union because I'm a quarter Chinese. Did you know that, Fred? No. Genuine? Yeah, Papa is Chinese. She looks like E.T. And... (laughs) You can't say that about your grandma, man. She does, mate. I'm just saying, I'm trying to set the scene. She's 90, she looks like E.T. <laughs> I don't know, no comment here. Yeah, she is. Yeah, so that's it, mate. Hong Kong Sevens. Fred, so when I'm doing this and I'm literally travelling the world, hashtag Rugby Explorer, you're there, backs to the wall. Mate, I just I looked at the league table. You're in a relegation battle, Fred. Mate, everyone is, mate. I can't believe it. We're all going down, mate. I got my notebook out. Got my notebook out and was looking at the. I was I was looking at the kind of bottom four. Then I looked a bit further. There's a couple in there. Bath are in there. Wasser in there. Hey, difficult one to call. Mate, it's a mental season. Isn't I it? know. Yeah, we're talking about relegation. Leicester. Everyone's talking about them being a possibility of going down. That they, they'll be unthinkable after their loss to Saints. They're, they're right in the mix for relegation battle, aren't they? Did you see the game for it? They got smashed in I, the first half. I didn't see it live, but I watched it the next day. I had a real sort of picked out on rugby on Saturday. But yeah, I did. I was I was pretty surprised to be fair. You know, that team that Leicester's got shouldn't be losing like that at home. But you also got to take your hat off to, to Saints there. I thought they were unbelievable the way they chucked the ball about. But yeah, I, I don't think Leicester will go down. They've got too much quality, surely. They've got Newcastle away, Bristol at home, haven't they? Oh, let me just oh, have a look. You've done some prep. There's some invoicing. 100 grand, 300 Sorry, just that's the invoice <laughs> page. Um, so Leicester have got Exeter at home. Then Newcastle away on a Friday night. Your man. Bristol away. Quinn's away. And then Bath at home. Yeah, I think if I was Leicester, you'd just be targeting that those, the Newcastle Bristol weeks, wouldn't you? Just get. I think if they could pick up a win there, they'll be all right. Why? They, look, Fred, you're still playing, and you're 
closer to the game than me and obviously Goody as well. What do you think has gone on at Leicester for them to be in this position? I know they've had a lot of changes with their coaches and we don't want to get onto the stage where we're bad-mouthing Leicester because Northampton were brilliant in that first half, especially in attack. But when you look at that, having been in that system, what do you think has been the problem? Uh, I've made, I think it's exactly that. I think they've just had so many changes in the coaching setup. They just need to you know, let Geordie, um, Phil Blake all the boys that are there coaching just, just bed in a little bit and you know, get their, their way of playing rugby across. When you look at that team at the weekend, it is ridiculous. That Leicester team... The backs especially. Backs especially, yeah. But you know, without using the cliche, like the forwards, you know, they, they normally decide who wins the game. They really do. If you're not getting front football, you know, whether it's George Ford at fly off or, or Dan Kai, it wouldn't matter. If you're on the back foot, life becomes a hell of a lot harder. So, um, yeah, I just think those coaching staff need a little bit of time to, to bed in. You know, the group needs to, to stay together. And like I say, I think they've got too much quality to be going down. So I wouldn't be too worried about Leicester dropping, but they've got to pick up a couple of results, haven't they, in that Newcastle and Bristol um, fixtures. So it'll be interesting. But we're not all negative here because Goody's not here. How good were Northampton? Yeah, good. Yeah. Did you watch it? No, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, talk about, talk about Saints in that, that first half. They really made the impact in that, in that first 40, didn't they? Mate, their attack's brilliant. Mm. And again, we spoke about the Bogey Monster, Sam Vesti. I think he's heading up the attack there. The signings that they brought in. And, and Northampton are similar to what Leicester are now a few years ago, weren't they? Northampton got relegated, didn't they? Mm. And, and they've had the success, the history, uh, and, the, and the town that they play for. But I think under the radar, I think Goody called them to be top four. I know they're not quite top four now, but their performance on Friday night was exceptional. Well, we can have a chat to uh, one of the stars for Northampton, uh, centre and current Premiership Player of the Month, Rory Hutchinson, is on the line. How are you, Rory? Hello, yeah, I'm good, thanks. How are you? Good. Just talk us through the game, Rory. Uh, you were 20 to 3 up at half time, weren't you? It couldn't have really gone any better in that first 40. Oh, no, I think, um, you know, everything we did in that first half was uh, just, it went really well for us. Uh, we defended exceptionally well, especially in that first half. You know, it kept them, kept them out of the game. We just kept the scoreboard ticking as well. And Rory, uh, this is Jim Hamilton, fellow Scotsman. Um, what I should say is I'm watching that for, it was a very Scotsman-like performance from yourself. Um, joking aside... Your performances have been exceptional. I know you're probably a humble man and all that, but you know, for you personally, the season's gone so well. Obviously, we mentioned about being Player of the Month, etc. But for you personally, how happy are you with your form? Yeah, um, it's nice to uh, get some you know consistent game time. Um, I'm really enjoying the style of rugby we're playing at the moment, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just nice to be you know in a in a team that's you know got a lot to show in the future, really. So yeah, I'm really enjoying my rugby at, at the moment. Yeah, Rory, Freddie Burns here, mate. How are you doing, all right? Hello, you all right? Yeah, good, mate. Um, so, yeah, just touched on the style of play that you're playing there. Obviously, at the weekend, you boys just seem to chuck a lot of uh, a lot of width on the game. Is that something that you've been working on? Obviously, we played against you a few weeks ago and you, you pipped us on last player of the game. But even in that game, you played with, with a lot of width, don't seem to be kicking the ball. Is that something that you're sort of taking on board and, and looking at pushing forward, more of a running game? Yeah, I think um, we want to play a bit more of a running game, but you know it's just as important that you've got to play um, heads up. Sometimes it can be uh, dangerous when you're trying to play out your 22 all the time, and uh, I think it's just we want to work on our decision making just as much as we do playing the game. So you know, if the options there, I think you know one thing that everyone's learned is that everyone backs you to take the space and. Uh, well, playing quite an expansive game at the moment, but I think it is working. But at the end of the day, you've got to you know play smart rugby as well. 
And who's that come down to, Rory? So, obviously, Chris Boyd's going to have a huge influence in that, but who's running the attack? Because everyone's talking about it. Niamh Arra on the wing, I think I've pronounced his name right, but just call him the monster. But who's running the show with that? Is that Boydie, or has Vesti got a big input in that as well? Yeah, Sam's been a massive help to us uh, for us this season. Um, our attack has uh, improved so much more from what it did. You know, we used to be the same way, round the corner, uh, style team but now it's just heads up rugby and um, it, it sounds ridiculous but the basics are actually so important and that's what we've been working on very hard and it seems to be you know working for us at the moment yeah and how much uh, how much confidence did the uh, winning the Prem Cup give you it's been a, f- a few years with, with no silverware and obviously you get that win against Saris oh, that- they, they robbed Saris you boys robbed Saris that game <laughs> Yeah, how does that obviously I've you know I've, you, you win the Prem Cup, it, it gives you that little bit of boost in going into these last few games of the season. Are you looking sort of top four hopes now just to carry that momentum from winning that and the result of the weekend to, to push on? Yeah, I think you know top four is definitely um definitely up there for us to do this season. Luckily we're in we've been in all three, we're still live, well not anymore, but you know, we were live in all three. We still got Europe this week and we're still fighting for a top four. So I think you know, winning that silverware, I don't. I think the last time we won some silverware was back when we won the Premiership back in 2014. So um, it's nice to bring that bring that back to the club and especially being at home as well. So, yeah, it's given us that confidence and it, it shows, you know, what a bright future this club's got. And as we've seen as well, you know, we're trying to win Premierships and to be active in, in I know you've won one, but in the next two tournaments, you need world-class players. And in Dan Bigger, I personally think you've got a world-class player there. What's it like playing outside of someone of that quality? great um you know he pushes all his knowledge and stuff through the other players outside him and he uses people like that to um you know his advantage um you know you watch him play you know against england and stuff like that um yeah he's done an exceptional uh, job at the club and you know he's a world-class player like you said now let's get down to business rory now i only wanted to get you on the phone to ask you one question we've spoken about <laughs> out and out ruggers okay you came through the age groups playing for scotland right where do you see yourself uh, now are you scotland till you die or not uh, yeah, I personally love to play for Scotland. Um, you know, I've done my age group stuff with them. Uh, I did my under 20s. Um, you know, they've been a massive help to me. If it wasn't for Scottish Exiles and Scotland uh, age group stuff, I don't know where I'd be right now. So, you know, I was playing the majority of my rugby when I was 18, 19, you know, in the under 26 nations. And yeah, they've been a massive uh, help for my uh, rugby my pathway, really. So, um, yeah. You know, Scotland is one for me, I think. And we know that Eddie Jones listens to the podcast. He's an avid listener. So if he's hearing this and he picks up the phone tomorrow and says, Rory, you are the man of the moment. I want you to come to the World Cup with England. What do you reckon? You think about it maybe, but you're going to say no. It's always a, it's always a thought, isn't it? it you know, <laughs> it's always a hard decision, but at this moment in time, and I think my ambitions are to play for Scotland. So, um, yeah. Well, mate, that's amazing to it, mate. Look, let's be honest, at the minute you're good enough to play for either, so... Have Scotland been in touch at all to try and get you uh, to, well, any of the national selectors or anything like that been in touch? Uh, yeah, Gregor just uh, gave me a text at the weekend and said, well done, and on the win, things like that. So it's nice to get some recognition and stuff like that, and just to know that he's been watching. So, um, But, you know, there's plenty of stuff to improve on, there always is. Um, so, yeah, just got to get my head down and finish this season strong with Northampton. Right, Rory, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, best of luck for the rest of the season and, um, and and with Scotland in the future. Cheers, no, thank you very much for having me. Cheers, Rory. Cheers, Thanks, mate. Cheers, big fella. Good lad. Good lad. Good lad. I reckon so. Sounded a good lad. Mate, I tell you what, 
if he's Scottish, he'd be playing. He should be playing now. He should be playing the the very next game for the national team. He has been on fire. Really. And again, Goody and Freddie know more about the backs of me. I'm watching it on a more superficial level. He's stepping back inside. He's got wheels. He's offloading to the cow sheds and back. He's a 9 out of 10 good-looking bloke. Like He's got the lot going for him. Mate, he is class. I thought at the weekend as well, obviously, big test going up against Manu. And uh, he had a hell of a game. And I think, I'm not sure how old is he. How old is he? He's got to be... He looks he? about 42. Oh, is he 23? He looks 42, but he's... Uh, but 23. 23. Yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's learned his trade and he's coming through now. And yeah, like you say, he's fully deserving of... Premiership Player of the Month because he's been uh, he's been class. So great to have him on the show. And as I say, Northampton under the radar. You know, his top four is going to be tough to get into, as we've seen. Thank God, Quinn's lost at the weekend. <laughs> you heard about this, Fred? You're getting a tattoo or something? Yeah, he's it. Is it a, what's the tattoo again? Just... Joe Marler's face, but I, we ain't seen him, Fred. Where is he? Newcastle beat Sale at St James's Park and Worcester won away at Bristol. So I mean, she's all go, isn't it? Like anyone can go down at the moment. Mate, she can go. She uh, can all go. Mate, they can. Why are you being horrible for? Why so, is this all negativity? I thought now well, we haven't okay, got any positively. Good. Uh, Falcons have uh, they've won three in a row, so they're not a, a sure thing for going down either. Mate, then I cannot. Who's going down, Fred? Mate, I ain't got a clue, mate. Just I'm, give us one. Bath. No, I'm joking. No, <laughs> no I'm joking. Um, man, imagine imagine you playing in the champ. You'd be absolutely carving up. Mate, I'd still be on the bench, mate, so don't matter. Mate, you'd be going past the bin man, the policeman, I'm mate. Like. <laughs> um, no, it's, oh, mate, it's so tough, isn't it? I think the thing is as well, is people say it's the most competitive league there's ever been. And that's only because every team, bar Sarri's Exeter, have been unbelievably inconsistent. Yeah. You look at you know, we look at games this year as a as a Bath player. We've drawn to Sale at home, drew to Gloucester at home last minute, lost to Worcester away last play of the game. Beat Saris at home. Yeah, positive. Like yeah, it. that's what I mean. But lost to um, Saints last play of the game. Lost to Quinns at home last play. You win if two of them turn into wins. Hang on, Fred. But you just told me you're on the bench and come on in the last ten minutes. No, nah, a few of them I started you. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, that's all right yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. Um, but what I'm saying is, is, is you turn two of those results into wins, suddenly you're fourth, third. It is it's crazy. Mate, it's, mate, it's, it's crazy. A, it's a mental league, and I think that's the thing. Every game's going down to the wire as well, or the majority of games. Mate, I, yeah, that's it. You mentioned like Newcastle, fourth last season, right? The players they've got, the coaching staff that they've got, I know they overachieved. My favourite player, Mark Wilson, he ain't playing in the champ. I ain't allowing him to play in the champ. And, you know, they had a good win at the weekend. How good when Sonotti, Sonotti... Is his name Sonotti, Sonotti? So good they named him twice, mate. You said it, mate. ridiculous, mate. Do you see it? Do you know what the only thing is, right? I watch him week in, week out. Use unbelievable footwork. Whenever he runs at me, he goes straight over the top. Did he run over the top of you? Of course he did, mate. Well, not me, mate. I tackled him. Genuinely, I tackled him. Well, no, Would I... you see him into next week or what? Well, I thought I did, and then I looked, and then basically he'd made a yard. But I felt like oh. I absolutely blitzed him. Has he run over you, Fred? Well, mate, he comes at me counter-attack and I think oh he's going to step me he's going to make me look stupid oh no he just ran over the top of me that's fine and we just fold up like a deck chair on the floor mate that's fine crying so Newcastle have got Leicester in mid-April um, that's going to be a massive massive game for them isn't it for both for both teams on a Friday night as well which is the, I, I don't know why I don't know why but playing at Newcastle on a Friday at night normally in the winter is the hardest place to go I mean I, I know it's probably a little bit uh, premeditated and uh, premeditated premature <laughs> <laughs> premeditated as well mate who knows and then Worcester away to Wasps and then home to both Sale and Gloucester as well well I can't call it I said Worcester at the beginning of the season you know it's going to come down to I think whoever can pick something up against 
I don't know, when Newcastle plays Saris, can they pick up a point down there? You know, when Bristol play Bath away their next yeah. game, mate. Well, uh, that's it. The, cl- the thing is, we've taken that to Twickenham, so we got the clash at Twickenham. So it's a big game. So it's suddenly that sort of, it's, a, it's an away mentality for, for both. Obviously, you'd like to think the majority of the fans at, at Twickenham uh, a week on Saturday will be Bath fans, but it suddenly becomes, you know, I look at Bath, we've got one game at the rec left out of the six so no it's going to be a, a tough old run in here's a question though Jim so we've all this chat about ring fence in the premiership stuff like that there is going to be one absolutely ridiculous team in the championship next year so do you turn around and I'm playing devil's advocate here I like, I like that making me feel fine well, ridiculously good or ridiculously bad ridiculously team? good right. so what I'm saying is, is whatever team gets relegated is going to right. win the championship next year by quite a lot so is there an argument there to go why is there relegation why don't we ring fence it well, I'm sensing nerves here, Fred. I'm sensing nerves, <laughs> mate. <laughs> ring fence it, quick. Quick, ring fence Quickly. it. No, no, mate. I actually, I'm, I'm just quickly, I just want to state, I am against, like, I personally want to keep relegation promotion. For now, for the next two weeks. For, for, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, mate, I was all for it. Like, I, I was massively in favour of ring fence in the Prem. I think Goody said he didn't want it ring fence. I was all in favour of doing it until this season because... It's not a foregone conclusion, right, that you've got Exeter and Saris as your best teams, but on paper, as the league standing goes, as the last two years ago, they're the best teams. And then now you've obviously got a couple of other teams, three or four teams maybe competing for that top four. This is going to be the most exciting ending yep. to, a, to a season ever. Are yeah. Wasps in trouble? Could they go down? They're awful at the minute. And again, Goody's not here to stick up for them. So I'll look at Wasps, right? Okay, Goody gets stuck into me about it because I keep saying that they're going bust. That's the rumours that I had. You're losing your very best player, Elliot Daly. Cooper Woolley, exactly the same, the cornerstone of your scrum. He's off as well. Nathan Hughes is off. So it's a real shame because Wasps have had some really shit times in, in recent history, haven't they? They nearly went burst. They obviously got bought out. They've now moved up to Cov. The area in Cov is thriving because now they've got a very good team in the area. The football team's gone downhill. And then now you look at it and they're clinging on, aren't they? They're clinging on for dear life. It's a shame because they've got you know, the Rico is an unbelievable place to play. I was lucky this year we played um, the game before Christmas, so they sold out. When that place is sold out, it's a it's, you know, lovely pitch, big stadium. You know, you get that big game feel when you pull up at the Rico. Yeah, it's just, you know, they're just not going well. Where do you see the problems with Wasps? I don't really know. Obviously, you hear rumours of being promised, like, real decent training facilities oh, and that coming through. Have you heard like, that as well? I, heard that, I just feel the grapevine. Here's one for you, Fred, because I think it's... The, the listeners out there want to, might be interested in, in what it's like as a young lad trying to make a decision about moving club and we had the chat because we were at Gloucester together yeah. you were a star in the making did you play for England when you were at Gloucester? yeah am I right in saying? is that when you single-handedly beat New Zealand? were you at Gloucester at the time then? yeah you were and then you made a big decision didn't you? you had an opportunity to go to Leicester yep uh, you spoke to myself yep. obviously a number of other players Wilco did you spoke get to it? Johnny Wilkinson yeah yeah he spent an hour and a half on the phone to him. How was that? What did he say? <clears throat> Mate, unbelievable. Um, the best thing about him was he didn't he didn't try and advise me. He didn't say, oh, you should do this, you should do that. He just spoke about his experiences. Obviously, he was playing at an underachieving Newcastle team, an underperforming, but then he knew that he was England's number one fly half and would play every week for England. So he saw that his eggs were in sort of that basket of England. And yeah, he would go out and try every week for Newcastle, but he was working behind the scenes just trying to get himself right for the international side of things. But for me, the question that I always ask is what is going to make Freddie Burns the best player I can be? And I was at Gloucester, the year I left Gloucester, we were we weren't playing very well. I felt like I kind of reached a bit of a stalemate 
you know the coaches weren't um, sort of exciting me I wasn't getting up out of like bouncing out of bed wanting to go training and, and play um, and then a team like Leicester came in and suddenly like Leicester had, had always been in a semi-final a premiership semi-final they were a big club and again I sat back I like I said I spoke to a lot of people and then I thought right what's going to make me when I retire what do I want ideally I want to retire and have a trophy a cabinet full of trophies and medals and say I want everything um and that was the main decision when I when I go places. Obviously, the move Leicester to Bath was slightly different because of the way it unfolded. But yeah, that's the, the main thing for me is what's going to make me the best player. That's where I make my decisions. So in hindsight, should you have left Gloucester? You mentioned about Leicester there. I think we can talk about it. Because um, you said you obviously want to be the best. You, like When you finish, that, that's what you want. You also want to be 100 out of 100 on Rayner as well. <laughs> do, you get, do you get graded on there or no, not? No, no, you don't get Damn, graded. okay, fine. Um, Freddie Burns, great lad. Lovely breath. Horrendous rig. Um, dad bods are in there, mate, so that's what I'm... Going you got for. kids? No. You're still with your dad bod, though. Mate, you might, you might do by the next couple of days. It could be a few people getting in contact, <laughs> mate. Um, but no, I actually think uh, 100% the right thing. I- I'm so glad that I've played for a couple of clubs. I'd have loved to have stayed and been like a one-club hero. And, you know, I left... I think I, when I left Gloucester, I was 23, and I, had, I think I played like 120-odd games. So I could have stayed, but I just... I'll never have no. I won't have any regrets when I retire. Let's put it that way. And I'm thankful for the players that I've played with, the coaches I've been coached by, and I feel like I'm a lot more rounded person and player because of it, Jim. That's what I say, Fred. A lot of people say journeyman, and I'd be like, no, actually, having so many different clubs, I probably wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing now because I wouldn't. I'd only know a certain demographic mm. of. But people. also, but also, you 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 play in different environments. I played for a Gloucester team where. We, we had a backline of Dave Lewis, myself, Trinder, Sharples, Johnny May, like this real young backline. Obviously, we had Tins and, and, the, and the likes in there as well, but we would just go out every Saturday, and if we pulled a rabbit out of the hat, because no one expected Gloucester to win anything, it was great. And if we lost, it was kind of like, oh, we're Gloucester, it doesn't really matter. And then suddenly you go to Leicester, and it's like, we don't care how you win, you just win. And so in the space of a year, I had to go from being this sort of carefree, sort of chucking the ball around, don't really care, to, mm. hang on, I've got to grind out results. So, yeah, just, you know, just different experiences, different coaches, and that just makes you so much better. Can we talk about how the move came about, you going to Bath from, from Leicester? Oh. Yeah, I got sacked over a spicy rice and uh, <laughs> lemon and herb chicken. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> but yeah, basically, well, I, well, I don't mind. Was it, was it in Nando's? It was in Nando's. I had that, Perry Perry music in the background, mate, playing. <laughs> so I'm on the beach in Turkey with my with my big brother Jack. Next day I get a text message saying, uh, I, can't, I think it's from JP Peterson saying, um, mate, you still at Leicester next year? And I was like, yeah, why? And he was like, oh, I've heard that you're being swapped for George Ford. This is in June, right? So still got two years left on my contract. So obviously I straight to my room, called up Cockers. Well, I called my agent first. My agent called Simon Coe and I called Cockers. Mate, like, what's this? No, mate, nothing's happening. You're our man. You'll see our contract out, blah, blah, blah. Sweet. Couple of months go by, another text, and suddenly at this time you obviously hear rumours that I'm thinking right something's not quite right here. But again, I go and ask the question, and I'm told again no, like it's not happening. And then it got to about mid February of that season, and I got another text from JP. So I called my agent. I got a phone call two minutes later saying, "Mate, I'm on the train up to Leicester. They want to swap you," which obviously is a bit gutting because I was playing well. I, I absolutely loved playing for Leicester, mate. Like playing at Welford Road and stuff was was unbelievable. And also, you never like hearing that, that someone thinks someone else can do a better job than you. So uh, yeah, I met my agent, and he said the thing about swapping you. And the next day, I met with Simon Cohen at Nando's, and uh, he he said I'll get it. 
I ordered fucking everything, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Refillable yogurt or whatever it is at the end. Doggy mate. bag, long man um, went down the way home. No, and, and I'll be honest with you, if... if All if, amicable, but, yeah, I, but I was pissed off. Oh, yeah, obviously, I was, I was well pissed off. Did you mate. have a choice or not? Could you turn around? Because I know with yeah, Slates, when Slates' transfer moved to Gloucester, which I thought was ridiculous, one of the best second rows in the Prem. Were you dark? Were you, Man, did I, I, did you fight it? Put this way, I did, I did have a choice, but... You've seen this bungalow on right move you wanted. <laughs> <laughs> in Bath. No, no, I, I, did, I did have a choice, but, but two things. A, the, the club, as in Leicester, had gone so... I felt they'd gone so far behind my back that I couldn't really... Stick around, mm. and B. It was a chance to go home and play for my hometown club, which is something that I always wanted to do. So like, I, the thing is, I actually still have massive respect for for Simon Cohen and Leicester as a club. I just wish when that first text message went through in in June, they just told me straight up there, and you know, obviously, I still would have been wounded. But you can sit down and you can actually come to it. I, I would have been a lot easier. Just right. Mate, we want to get 40. He's at Bath. Are you interested in going back to Bath? And like, you can sort of have that conversation. And it happened rather than sort of lying for six months. Knowing that it's going and Knowing that it's kind of... Knowing, it's like, coming, oh, God, yeah. Like, you never want to have to justify your position, mate, in a club. Especially as a 10. You're the cornerstone of the team. You are the rock star of the team in that position. And like, you know, this is the thing now with rugby as a whole. I just think that it's got to stop hiding behind this, you know, real good value, good culture sport now because it's not. It's changed into a business, which is fine. Like it's similar to football now, but it's turned into a business. Big players are going to move. Clubs are going to get rid of you if they don't deem you good enough, and that's just the way of the world. But the sooner the clubs and players stop hiding behind this, you know, loyalty sort of thing, and it doesn't exist anymore, mate. Just look after yourself. The clubs will look after themselves and try and do what's right for you. So there you go, mate. Rain has got an absolute hammering in three cities slash towns. Yeah, Leicester's a city, Gloucester's a city, Bath city. Bath is a city, man. Mm-hmm. It's got the abbey. Oh, it's, it's an abbey. abbey. Sorry, it's, it's an abbey. abbey. It's he had abbey. a dream, he dreamt of an abbey, he woke up, he built it, it's a city. Really? That's the story. Coventry's got two cathedrals. You want a cathedral, we've got one to spare in our Coventry homes. Well, uh, you seem you seem like you're happy now with Bath, you might not have been uh, too happy at, at Sandy Park over the weekend though, how, how was it down there? Yeah, it was tough, um, I thought thought we actually played played really well in parts, Just uh, I think both teams, uh, red zone, which is the 22s, Inside the 22s, their completion rates were pretty poor, both both them and us, um, and their power game just just showed in the end. So um, yeah, it's tough, but we you know we've we've performed well over the last sort of since the turn of the year. Maybe not got the results that we would have wanted, but definitely performance wise is is a lot better. So um, it's always difficult when you're on the bench, but it's um, you know, the boys are going well. Give us some insight into Joe Cock and a cigar. Decent lad, mate. Good lad. De- decent or not? Yeah, he's, yeah, he's, yeah, I can, yeah I it's always hard to tell when there's bigger lads, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Well, it goes exactly, either way, doesn't yeah, it? Exactly. <laughs> it goes either way. Exactly. But. Just got to try and step back and take it in. He's full gear, is he? Yeah. Oh, God. Absolute hero. Yeah. Um, is he as good as people are making out? Obviously, he basically walked through Italy. Raw, raw talent? Yeah, still raw talent. Still got a, a lot to learn, but just an unbelievable specimen and just good bloke, good work rate. Honestly, I think he'll. He, he's got potential to be best in the world really he generally yeah. has that he's got the physical attributes but what's your bench I don't know mate <laughs> a lot more than me can, he do, can he do a chin up put it this way it's like doing, uh, yeah he can do a few I think oh, nice. it's an extra weight session for me just to unload the bar when I have to lift the weights <laughs> after him so um, you know you see a lot of people gifted with, with talent but they don't quite have the um, mental application to, to reach their heights and I think that Joe's got, got it all to be fair so he'll still admit that he's still learning but it's like playing. He's just a, a man mountain, mate. You personally, like, how's, how do you 
feel like your season's been going, especially with your battle with Reese Preston? They talk of him staying, didn't they, Fred? Yeah, yeah. So, What's the crack? so had he agreed to go somewhere, or not? Is it just rumours? Was it sale? I don't. I, well, I'd, I'd heard that obviously when everyone else did that, they, he wasn't going to resign. But then it looks like now that there might be an opportunity for him to stay. That I literally genuinely don't know more than that. It's been um, offered a hundred hoovers to stay. But we'd. Um, no. I actually don't get that. Oh, Dyson. Yeah. There you oh, go. Oh, Fred. Class that. Come on. Classic. No, but if Reece stays, I think it's, you know, it's, it's, it's good for the club. I think it's good that you keep a stable sort of, uh, you know, you, you don't want to be chopping and changing your fly outs and, and, and your game managers. So, um, yeah, if he stays, it'll, it'll be great for the club. Obviously, he knows the club well, so uh, it'll be good and we'll just keep battling it out. And how's uh, your younger brother getting on at, at Ulster at the moment? He's killing it, mate. He is absolutely loving life, mate. You're He's there. Uh, How out of his depth is he over in Belfast? Oh, mate, he, that's, uh, one thing Bill can do is drink, mate. Really? Oh, mate, honestly, it, it absolutely... It, quick, true story, he was at Cheltenham last Wednesday with the lads, a few Ulster boys come over. He's got a false tooth. Who was Bill? Bill. Oh, he's, he's, he's hanging. He's hanging. Mate, so Christmas, we're there, we're having a family. My brother Jack's invited us around the, his, him and his uh, fiance's house with, with their family and, and her side of, like, her family. Civil. Yeah, of course, we've been down the pub all day, the Burnses. We've rocked up. Next day, Bill's taking his false teeth out, dropping it in pints. We make <laughs> Anyway... So Bill's at Cheltenham last, I think he went la- uh, last Tuesday or Wednesday, and I uh, got a picture on my phone of him with all the medical staff at Cheltenham Racers. He necked his pint and swallowed his tooth. Oh my God. Yeah, but, but, oh but just no. quickly, just quickly, it was like, it's not just a single tooth, it's the one with like, you know, like the gum bit that goes in the top of your gum. Like, so you've got like a... Oh yeah, the plastic bit. That's yeah, like, it goes up into like the palate or whatever. Yeah. Sweet. And you've got a tooth, so it's all that. So he saw, and then apparently, he had a few of the Ulster boys with fingers down his mouth because they could like touch it but they couldn't get it out and anyway suddenly they've tried to get it out they, they've tried to get it out he swallowed it a couple of days later he's beating from the ass because he's had to shit it out mate. <laughs> oh my, I mean straight uh, back in the mouth or what yeah I've got, straight oh, back you're in a, mate you're a sicko Andy Rowe what mate. do you mean straight back in the mouth oh mate <laughs> but honestly I generally this is the thing I just heard that he was in a lot a lot of pain well I imagine he was but anyway he's going really well in rugby <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. No, but he loves Belfast, mate. It's class, and I think you know Ulster made a, ho- uh, a load of changes in the summer, and a lot of people would have said it's a bad time to go to Ulster with all the changes. But actually, arguably, it's probably the best time because he's gone in and they've just built a team. Oh, massively! And Mac- Dan McFarlane's gone class, in there, mate. Yeah. And it, like Bill speaks very highly of him. Speaks very highly of Dwayne Peel and Peel. Um, Peely. <laughs> I was in. I was on the Barbars tour with him. So I'm off to Dublin on Saturday to watch him against Leinster. Going to be at the Aviva. Mate, you love it, in mate. the heart of the Ulster. Tell you what, the best thing about it is now I can actually support the team that he plays for. Yeah. Every time Ulster play, I'm up on my feet. Stand up for the Ulster man. Stand, you know what I mean? All that. Is Bill Irish or not? Has, has Smith been in contact or what? Uh, yeah, I think he's had a couple of conversations. Our granddad was Irish, which is why he went over there. Um, Boom. How um, far away is he? Do you reckon? Well, you could argue that if you're starting for one of the four provinces of Ireland, then you could argue you're you're fourth, you're in the top four fly ass, really. But yeah, I, I think he realizes he, he realizes he's not going to get a cap tomorrow. But I think post World Cup there might be an opportunity for him, and if it keeps going the way he is, obviously a huge a huge um, opportunity for him this week against Leinster. Um, obviously he'll be up against Sexton probably, so that'll be a huge opportunity for him. Talking of huge and fly halves, you there, Goody? Hello, boys. How are we? Goody. 
Yes, my old blanks. How are we? So, how, how are we getting on? Well, mate, we're doing... Freddie, I don't want to speak to you, Jim. I speak to you too much. Freddie, how are you? I'm good, mate. How are you? you where, where are you, where are you yeah. eating tonight? Set the scene. Set the scene. Uh, That's what I was going to ask. So, set the scene. Uh, I'm from Zuma Oof. in Dubai. Nice. Uh, the kids are at home in the hotel with a nanny asleep. And, um, mate, life's good. You doing Zumba? Life is good. No, Jim. Zuma. Zuma, Zuma restaurant. No. Uh, Freddie, we were in... Uh, we were thinking of you last night. We were in Nobu last night. Oh, mate. Me and Goody had a little session in, in Nobu. If you introduced me to the Amaretto Sour, I've never looked back since. What a cocktail. Anyway, how are we? How are we? Goody, yeah. We, I'd say, mate, we've been getting a hell of stories off Freddie, mate. He's been uh, dissecting everything with an open cloth. Um, just talk to us about <laughs> the travel situation over there. We were talking. Would you say that you've gone on holiday to Dubai, primed for a holiday, or would you say you've gone over in probably the worst physical shape we've ever seen you in? Uh, yeah, probably the latter, to be honest. Um, <laughs> but listen, when you, you know, the missus looks at me and says, turn the lights off, I still love you, it's fine. I'm not like Jim, I'm not vain. I, you know, I know my limitations. I, I don't walk around thinking I'm the king like Jim does when... Goody, what do you mean about um, you're not vain? Mate, you paid £5,000 to get your hair done. <laughs> like... No, let, as you know, I'm, I'm an ambassador, so I didn't pay a penny. They came to me. Well, there you go, then. Happens, Even worse. <laughs> um, mate, any ruggers at the weekend? Do you watch any ruggers or not? Uh, saw wasps lost to Gloucester, not good. A wasp's what going a down, Goody? Mate, mate, yeah, go on, Andy Rowe asked you a question. It's a bloody great question. A, wa- mate, a, a wasp going down, no, they're not. Leicester got more chance to go down. Have a look at that place. Jim's mate is defence coach. I mean, have they got any defence? That's all I'm saying. Mate, hey, Deeks ain't the defence coach anymore. He's just picking up the cones after they've done defence, so he's safe. Um, <laughs> mate, no, listen, it's wide open, isn't it? You look at it now, and obviously Newcastle won. Worcester won down at Bristol. Bristol are in the mix to go down as well. Uh, Wasps underperformed. They've, they've got relegation form, but they've, everyone says certain clubs have got too much quality to go down. But big teams have gone down before. Harlequins went down. Northampton went down when they had quality players as well. And that's why, you know, it's interesting to know what Freddie thinks actually about ring fencing. I'm dead set against ring fencing. And for this reason, any one of the probably five or six teams could now go down of which Wasps are one, Leicester are one, uh, Bath, Newcastle, Worcester. Mate, exactly. Hence why Freddie said he, he wants ring fencing now. He's going to let us know in a couple of, couple, of, couple of games' times whether he wants ring fencing or not. No, Goody, I threw this out. Yeah. I, I was playing devil's advocate, mate, and all I said is next year there is going to be one ridiculous team playing in the championship that will just walk the championship. Yeah. Mate, I, I'd rather keep relegation, but I'm just playing devil's advocate as I do. Yeah, mate, no, I, I, I get your argument, but then again, the flip side of that is you look at a 13-team competition next year and from you know February, March onwards, there's nothing to play for for a lot of those teams, is there? I flicked a game on on Sky Sports at the weekend that it was from Super Rugby. It was the, the Bulls against the Chiefs and there was like, you know, it's round five or six of, of Super Rugby and there's probably 5,000 people watching it in a 60,000 people stadium so it's one that you dilute a competition like they've done in Super Rugby and you know you dilute the premiership and there's no consequence are there there going to be meaningful games everyone wants to watch every premiership game at the minute because there's something on every game whether it's top four whether it's top six whether it's the relegation battle you take relegation out of it um, and that's the issue for me and that's you know, where it goes wrong so it's you know it's an argument to have and uh, whether it's you know CBC getting involved now do they want to close the shop how long do you close it for I think probably if you do it you can only do it sort of partially for about three years and, and hope that the other clubs are ready to come up then because yeah, that's what makes the premiership so beautiful in terms of something on every game Goody talking of beautiful have you turned on your notification and location things for your Rainer app it's Raya Raya your Raya have you turned on your Raya app locations or not What's Raya? What do you mean? You know what Raya is? The, the Raya app, mate. The, what is it? What is it, Fred? It's a dating app, mate. For the, 
elite singles. <laughs> for the elite, well, he's not single, with his partners. Yeah, uh, there's, there's something for that, I think. Uh, mate, Freddie's back my a few times. He knows I'm punching my way, but my way. Very, very true. All right, good. Well, we need to see a picture post of you there because it sounds like you're in Russia, mate, with the wind. So we could do with a picture in your budgies to let us know that you actually are in dubs. Uh, probably won't be in my budgies, but I'll send a picture of my better half. That'll do, won't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do. All right, Goody. Cheers, mate. Cheers, All right, Goody, cheers mate. boys. Take Have a good week. Good luck. Good lad? No. <laughs> he sounds out of breath, doesn't he? How much vapes do you think he's on there? I'm not when he first started vaping in Ch- I come down 13 in Cheltenham, yeah. turned right where he usually was, and I just saw this blue light in the corner <laughs> <laughs> I thought the police had come in yeah yeah we had oh, some, we had yeah. Some, he threw a bottle from a window once Goody why so I used to live I had like a Montpellier flat we used to call Freddie Burns the Montpellier monster I literally lived <laughs> I, I, yeah I lived do you know what the thing the worst bit is right is like it's stuck I still get I'm going to name I still get Matt Gitter will drop me a message every now and again I'll get like, skits I'll get I'll get yeah. and be like he said loads of hey, hey monster and I'm like oh let it go um, but yeah I was in my flat and um, going to sleep after a night out yeah and yeah. Um, yeah, wooden shutters so I closed the bottom and I just left the top open Georgian yeah next thing you know I'm there just about to get my head down boom bottle straight through the window mate, when a man needs to come to sleep mate he needs to mate, sleep <laughs> so I've opened I've opened the door ran down the stairs my brothers were staying actually because they stayed for the game so we've run down thinking fuck it what's going on like, gonna... and Goody's just stood there and he just looks at us just goes my bad boys Easily yeah. done. Forgive him now. I'll forgive him. Should we get into some social media questions? Let's. All right. Ollie James has tweeted, what do you guys class as the defining moment of your careers and what's your best memory in rugby? Uh, single-handedly beating the All Blacks for me. <laughs> no, and, and the defining <laughs> moment in your career, was yeah. that? Um, yeah, what's the question? What? Defining, defining <laughs> moment, yeah. Andy, just hit him with it, mate. What moment are you talking about? I was talking about dropping the ball over the line. Oh, mate, always oh, so horrible. Like you're so negative, mate. You are. I didn't realise I was coming. No, um, I wouldn't say I said the defining moment. Do you know what the hardest thing about that was? Is like, yeah, I've, oh, I made the mistake or whatever, and the press wanted to throw me under the bus. Saying I was yeah. like, people made it out like I was doing backflips and that in the blooming dead ball line before I put the ball down. You, like. you did blow a kiss. Or Apparently kiss to the my badge. wife, mate. I, thousands of people punch the air, kiss the badge, do whatever. They not don't all get it knocked out the hands. Right, I, I fucked up. I'm not hiding from that. Was Rainer on your mind at the time? Raya. I was thinking, oh, this could be a hell of an Instagram profile. Imagine. But the thing is, is I, like, I put that ball down, I put, I've scored, I would have scored something like 24 points in the game in a Europe. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's such fine fine margins. I messed up. What's gone through your head? I'm I, I, deadly serious now. There are, however many thousands of people watching, 15,000 people in the stadium and a load of teammates. And I've never, ever felt so lonely in my life, mate. <laughs> like, honestly. I like, it was, it was it was fucking horrendous mate and then I've got to get up get back well then Todd Jenks you off as well and then they get pulled off so that's even mate honestly when he pulled me off I had to fight with every part of my body not just sprint down the tunnel really? just hide mate like it was so it was so hard to stay gutted. it was so hard to stay out there mate and like straight off course the final whistle goes and suddenly there's four cameras in your face you know and you're just thinking oh my god like it was like, it was mate it was tough it's still it still hurt, like hurts now mate like I'm not going to lie you have to play this whole sort of laugh it off all the time yeah of course I love it though, mate. I go to away games now and you get fans, hey, mate, you're going to drop the ball this week. Like, mate, it doesn't bother me. Like, you think that's going to make me play any worse, mate? Like, so I mean? Yeah. Just... Straight after, afterwards, like, mentally, how tough was that? Were you looked after after that or were you dealt deal with it by yourself? Um, who, yeah. were the, who were the first people that came up to you? 
uh, obviously the boys come up to me and because sort of, some some naturally would be pissed off, wouldn't they? So if you've yeah. got some that are all out winning, they're coming over and they're you know, or they're not coming over and they're pissed off. Yeah, the the boys come up and yeah, you know, they, they were they were good, but then I couldn't really look them in the eye because like I felt like obviously I'd let them down. Yeah. So like I appreciated them saying, "Don't worry, keep your chin mm. up, whatever." But at the same time, it's like I almost didn't want. I almost wanted them to be angry at me in that sense because I felt like anything other. Any other emotion towards me would have been fake. So I put my hand up in the tunnel, uh, in the huddle at the end, and just sort of apologised. Um, I went home. Genuinely, I got a pizza on the way home. Had a couple of bottles of Corona and just sat sat in a dark room, mate. Didn't want, like didn't just sat there, just not trying to get the violin out. But it yeah. was um, mentally, it was horrendous. And then you keep getting that feeling like, oh, like you know, you just yeah. you plays in your head, and you just think. Yeah, yeah. Like, and if only, and you're so close as well. Like it's, it's like you're talking a split second in time. And yeah, and and you know, I try to make like I try to make light of it and stuff like that. But that's just always been my way to cope with. So, and, and if I struggle, if I'm ever nervous and that, I'm always cracking jokes and just trying to be like that's my way to cope with things. So, I bounced bounced back. Well, I think pretty quick. But yeah, it still haunts me now, mate. I'm not gonna lie. Like I still, you know, people comment on my career now as of that point. They don't take into the fact that I've played over sort of 200 games and you know done a lot of good things in my career. And also, while we're on it, I, I actually took a lot of. Um, I look at someone like Gareth Southgate, right? So he misses he misses the penalty. What was it? Euro '96. He is known for the next 20 odd years as the guy who missed the penalty. But I, now, but now, this is known. <laughs> exactly. But now, but now he's kept. He just kept working, 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 and now 20 odd years later. He's the first manager to manage England to win a penalty shootout at a World Cup. So no matter what people say or try and taint me with or try and judge me on with that, I'll mm. just keep going and something good will happen to me in the next few years. And I played in a game where I think we played against Toulouse as well. And Owen Fowles dropped the ball over the line. Like he's dropped it, you know, as he's gone down, and you know nothing was said. He, he dropped it, and then that was the end of it because of it, it, the context of the game. Yeah. So you know, no, it, was, it was little things as well, though. So it was the first game, first European game on Channel Four. So it goes out to a whole different audience. There's no Premiership football that weekend, so there's even more of an audience. So on the Sunday, when the papers are writing their back pages and stuff like that, instead of writing about Hazard scoring a hat trick in the Premiership, you know, they're talking about me dropping the ball. And actually, I remember my parents called me up and they're like, "Look, you're not staying in." We're going for a Sunday roast. I was like, sweet. So the doorbell goes. I open it. It's my brother, Sam. He pushes my head down, chucks a coat over my shoulder. Right? <laughs> mind, I live in the middle of nowhere. No one can see me. And like, ushered me to the car. Nice house, by the way. <laughs> open the door, pushed me in. And it was all good. We had a little bit of a laugh and stuff. And then um, got to the pub. I walked in the pub. First thing I see is an old boy sat in the corner reading the, uh, I think it was the Times, big fucking broadsheet. <laughs> and all I could see is my picture and the word clown written. I thought, oh, for fuck's sake, but this done now, it'll be right. Yeah. Uh, that used to be me after every Scotland game, mate. There we go, mate. The pressure's of it, but you've bounced yeah. back. Yeah. But since then, everyone talks about it. It's like I, it was, I, I was at a bad spell of form for like three months. I made, I had two mistakes in five minutes. I actually had a pretty good game other than that. I actually bounced back the next week and went all right against Wasp and have played well since. But everyone's like, oh, you've had a... Had a tough couple of... Ah, oh, Jim. Yeah. So I'm talking to this lovely little Jim Appel, I'm Rhea, right? She's beautiful, she is. Italian. I'm mm. a little French. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so I give one up. Um, anyway, we're having a little chat. Boom. Oh, what do you do? Oh, you know, play a bit of rugby, blah, blah, blah all this. We take it to WhatsApp, next stage. She goes, oh, I, have a, I had, a little, uh, had a little stalk last night of you. And I'm thinking, fantastic. 
like this is good I went oh and I thought I'd go flirty I said oh like, like what you saw do you know what I mean little smirky face trying to get the flirting band emoji emoji yeah and um she wrote back, oh, it just looks like you've been through a bit of a tough time recently. So she literally Googled me and all the bitch, all of it was me dropping the ball. Silla clown. So then I made a highlights reel and sent it to her. Oh, oh what's that? I didn't know. Yeah, I took her out. She's a lovely girl, lovely little Jean Mappel, but wasn't to be. Still on the market. Still on the market, yeah. Um, another question's come in uh, from at Rugby Driver. Who's the best fly half of the Premiership at the moment, excluding yourself, Freddie? Bigger's got to be up there. Yeah. I, I'm a, I, I'm you a love bigger, bigger fan. I do. Mate, I put it. I put yeah. him in. I put him in my rugby pass. Six Nations, fifteen. He played five minutes. Oh, mate, all right. I think right at this moment, Dan bigger. Really? You think the same? I, no, I, I do. But obviously, Sips half is, five. Half five. Um, Sips is obviously not far behind the season. Yes, he's correct. At, um, but I just think that right at this moment, because the way bigger delivered in the Six Nations, and then he's come back, and obviously at the weekend went well as well. I'd say right now it's bigger, but there's not much between them and, and Sips. Sips has probably been the better flyer throughout the season. It's going to be interesting, talking to Tens, how Faz is going to bounce back against mm. Glasgow at the weekend. be interesting to see how he, he bounces back. Who are you yeah. going for in that game? Saracens. Right. AJ Backup Dancer has tweeted... Hang on, what's his name? AJ Backup Dancer. Okay. He's tweeted in, Freddie, is the biggest regret of your career not winning Jim's dog from him when he bet you couldn't up and under Dan Carter against the All Blacks? I, I, that question makes no sense. Did you get one over on Dan Carter, though? He'd come off and Cruden went on. And let's, just say, went, yeah, just, no, no, let's just say Dan Carter stayed matter. on, mate. Mate, it, don't, it you doesn't... Mate, you beat Dan Carter. It don't matter. I should have fucking retired then and then. <laughs> just sailed off into the sunset. It was an unbelievable day, that. Was it one of them when you were in front of the hacker? So, obviously, and I've, this is one of my dinner speeches, so I don't want to give it away. So I'm there looking at the hacker. It's one of them where you look, you meant to, we'd gone through this thing all week about what we were going to do. We didn't, didn't even do a team room. We had Addy Robinson in charge. We had a leaders meeting. How are we going to face the hacker? Do we turn our backs? Ooh. Do we form a V? Ooh. Or do we have a lone piper on the roof of Murrayfield? Ooh. We didn't do anything. All we did was stare at our opposite number. And I remember playing against Ali Williams. They'd come full noise, by the way. Carter was playing, Mar Nonu, Reed. And I'm looking at Ali Williams. He had the longest tongue ever that'd be his Ray picture wouldn't it yeah, <laughs> with yeah, his yeah. tongue out yeah. so I'm looking at him I'm looking at him <laughs> so I'm thinking right he's having it and I remember holding on next to John next to John Barkley and he's looking at Richie McCall I'm like John so I convinced myself all week that we were going to win John John what do you think what do you think he says Jim we're fucked <laughs> as we're looking at it mate on, on how to stunt the hacker I remember the last test in 2015 Stuart Lancaster was like right we're going to face the hacker in our kit so you know, normally wear an anthem jacket don't you and after the hacker you take off and he was like as soon as the hacker's over we're going to just drop straight into formation for the restart Ooh. and we're going to take the restart right great idea everyone's on board fucking Lanny this is, this is going to do it right Watch the hacker fall into formation. Breath blows the whistle. Freddie Burns restart straight out. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stuart. Sorry, mate. Scrum down. Never played. Never played for England again. You wouldn't know why. Is that your last game as well? That was my last game, <laughs> mate. Yeah. Hey, what a way to go out. No, no. To be fair, to be fair, we we did get a, a penalty from the scrum by yeah. Mister Kicker though as well. <laughs> <laughs> Dominated Dan Carter, oh, though, mate. Last lovely. game. Who else can say they beat New Zealand? Not many. Um, well, should we have a look at a few more Champions Cup games? Edinburgh Munster. Who have you, who have you got there, mate? Mate. Well, chat to John Barkley. He got man of the match this week, by the way. Uh, awesome back. win. Hashtag always Edinburgh against Leinster. I'm actually there with Channel 4. I'm pitch side. Going to be oh, there nice. with the masses. Murrayfield, BT Murrayfield. They're looking at 30,000, 40,000, maybe even a sellout. Mate, Edinburgh... 
They're a good team, mate. Matt, I, I think they're going to win. Genuinely, I think Edinburgh are going to beat Munster at the weekend. Really? Barkley's fit. I don't know whether he'll start. Edinburgh have got such good back rows now. Bill Matter, have you seen him? Number oh, eight. Mate, unbelievable, isn't he? Ridiculous. But it's mate. huge that that game's at Murrayfield. Yeah. I think if that game's at Toman Park, I think it's... Almost an impossible yeah. task. Whereas it's at Murrayfield, so I think, you know, it'd be a not, tough game. I'm with Jim, though. I actually think Edinburgh might pip it. Not to be too biased, but for me, looking at all these games, that's the game of the weekend. You know, Munster got a point to prove. Toby Carvery's at 10. Omani, the Who's Toby Carvery? Yeah. Toby Carvery. <laughs> yeah, mate, I think Edinburgh, it's going to be a great game. It's an early kickoff. Mate, tough place to go and play. Yep. BT Murrayfield. So I'm going for hashtag always Edinburgh. And the all French game, Racing versus Toulouse. Is that a Racing? Is it Racing? I think Racing. Racing, Toulouse. Okay. Don't confuse me, yeah. yeah. Bloody hell, Toulouse wouldn't even been there if I put the ball down. Oh, oh it should be let you. Let it go, Fred. Let yeah. it go. It should be hey. you, mate. This is this I'm is so sorry. I'm ever sorry. Just sort of there. This is cleansing for you. It is. It's my therapy. Um, anyway, yeah, no, Rassin for me on that pitch. Hard one to call. I'm going Rassin because they're at home and yeah. because I like Finn. Saracens, Glasgow. You've already sort of spoken about them, haven't you? Uh, mate, I can't see. Not a low, not a bit of a rivalry. Well, maybe there is with the England Scotland stuff now. Yeah, there is a bit of a rivalry there, isn't mm. there? And obviously Glasgow being in the. Saracen's pool this year we played him in the quarterfinals a couple of years ago but Ryan Wilson's obviously out he's going to be water boy mate he's going to add to the drama I think the main thing with that is as well is the fact that because Glasgow play on an artificial pitch anyway it's less less of an issue for them sometimes you get teams so like take uh, Toulouse right. Toulouse's pitch was pretty horrendous all year they go to Racing they've got to play on this artificial quick turf whereas Glasgow will go to the Saris knowing exactly what the turf's like and it is more of an advantage than you think Stuart Hogg might be back. Oof. I think he's he, he was there at the weekend watching AKA Slim Shady in his lead. What's it with this? Yeah, what's going on with it? I don't know. Shall I do it? No, not no, the minute. Maybe, maybe not, not this season. Maybe next season. Let it all settle down. <laughs> just just let just let the tide just let, let it just, settle down. Just, just let the tide. <laughs> I, I wouldn't do it by the way. That's, yeah. Do you think Billy's team's got uh, much of a shot against Leinster? I actually really do. I think. Um, Obviously, they're both Irish teams, so this might sound a little bit stupid, but obviously, the majority of the Ireland squad are from Leinster. And the ones that and the key probably one. haven't played, the yeah. key ones who haven't actually played that well. Exactly. So, for me, they've, they've obviously come off the back of a, a disappointing Six Nations. So, if I was Ulster, I'd be saying, look, these guys, there's a bit, bit of vulnerability there. If we get a good start, we'll be well in the mix. But no, it'll be a, it'll be a hell of an occasion. I'm looking forward to it. actually going to go over and get a flight over Saturday morning. Um, but yeah, I think I think Ulster have got a chance. It'll be tough because that that Leinster team is is pretty pretty awesome. But I think Ulster are taking fifteen thousand fans down to the Aviva, so it should be Oof. an unbelievable atmosphere. You know, Stockdale will be back in there. Um, Addison looks like he's um, not going to play, so KV gets his shot. KV, KV, get out of the pub, mate. Get out of the pub. You're on. It's on like Donkey <laughs> I, Kong, mate. But no, I think I think that's the thing. Ulster, are, you know, nothing to lose. Hell of an occasion, cause an upset. Why not? Mate, how good ruggers at the minute? There's loads. Very good. I don't know what you're like, Fred, but my light has been lit again for the for, game. For, for game, it weren't there. It weren't yeah. there for a bit. I just did it a little bit because I liked it. It was my job. Now I'm absolutely loving it. I just love a bit of ruggers. Don't forget, you can catch all the season's Champions Cup, Premiership, and Pro 14 action on rugbypass.com if you're in Asia. And wherever you are in the world, you can watch this video version of the pod on there as well. Should we have a look at the rumours? Guys, got anything floating around at the moment? Well, the whole Danny Cipriani, I wouldn't even say it's a saga situation. So let me get this right. So he's got another year left on his contract uh, and he's been offered a new deal, but Gloucester have also said that they'd look at offers from other clubs to buy him out of his contract to go. And if that's the case, 
crazy. I heard that he signed a one plus one. I've, I've not heard anything from from the horse's mouth or anything like that. But I've just um, through the grapevine. We love the old grapevine, mate. I, well, the rumours out there was it was a one plus one. So he's got the chance to. Uh, he's got a decision on whether he stays or goes. That's what I heard. How could he be for Gloucester? They'd mate, be crazy to get rid of him, wouldn't they? I know they might not have a, a choice, but if they lose him, mate, he's been unbelievable for them. Speaking of Danny Cipriani, Goody caught up with the man himself earlier on in the season for our Superfan subscription service on Patreon.com, and we thought we'd play you a quick clip of that right now. Pod, 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 pod. Rookie pod. Moved to Gloucester this year. Uh, you had a, quite a few decent years at Wasps over the last couple of years. How's that change been uh, for you as a person, as a player, as someone that you go back to your start of your career and you came through the Wasps Academy and, and, and you know, broke into the first team there that was a club that you put everything into and loved and now you're doing it for Gloucester what are the differences yeah it is different I guess it's all personalities and people involved as well like you know Wasps is always going to have a, a dear place in my heart because like you say it was my, it was my first club and you know I learned a lot uh, I learned a lot by being there the last two years I learned a lot from Di I learned a lot from the setup um, and I, I tried to make sure that no matter how or if I wasn't getting exactly how I felt or, you know, you're in working environments where you might not have the greatest personal relationships, but you're still performing on the weekends. And, you know, that's what I, I tried to hang my hat on when I was at Watson. You know, I get I got on well with Di, but it wasn't like we were the, um, had the greatest personal relationship. And that was part of my decision making when I moved is the feeling, the energy of when you meet someone. And for me, you know, when I met Johan and um, that, that was immediate and I could tell. So it was... It was something and you've got to honour that and respect that by delivering in performance even more so. Like you, you put that pressure on yourself to make sure you're performing. But, you know, I think uh, when, when, when you've got that, there's added pressure to make sure you're, you're, you're respecting the, the coaching environment as well. And how did that move come about then? Obviously, because Wasps, you were at the club and they openly signed Lima Sopawanga and you were still in conversations with the club and other clubs as yeah. well. You know, we saw... Billy Burns here, his late move over to Ulster, which is going well for him, and and your move has been absolutely seamless. It's been a comfortable move for everyone, hasn't it, really? Yeah, it's it's worked out. Um, For me, it was just like, biding my time, I got to a position where I thought, you know, I'm going to wait to the end of the season and see what happens with the summer tour squad um, and see how that happens. And if if selected, then, you know, I'll look to try and stay in England, and if not, then probably... See, see potentially to go abroad it doesn't mean that if I wasn't selected I was definitely going abroad it was just I would just allow myself that gap and that time whether it me- meant that I had a couple of months off in the summer or whatever it would have been and you know clubs come about and come around um, but obviously when I, I had a meeting with uh, Gloucester before the squad was announced and I met them and once once I had met them um, things moved forward pretty quickly and it bases it on like the personal relationships and and what I've learned and how I've grown as a person over the years and you know hopefully I try not to make the same mistakes on the field here and 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 keep trying to improve in that way and Johan's massive on that like improving men and and letting them grow in that way and then looking at playing at King's Home now obviously you've played here many times uh, as a player from the opposition which you know we all know the shed they give you the bird they give yeah, they're great. players a bit of abuse and now it's flipped the other way they absolutely love you now don't they yeah it's, it's I think you know it's a special town Gloucester because you know rugby's so important um, the, the shed you know King's home it, it's like a coliseum when you go there, there there's an energy there's a buzz around it you know you, you felt it as a player coming to play against Gloucester and you definitely feel it as a player you know wearing the, the, the cherry, cherry on white and I think we can keep you know buying into that and <clears throat> the message that we, we deliver um, the message that Johan's massive on is play to inspire and that's something that it means something to this squad and that's what you know we want to go out there and keep doing every week because 
the, the fans, you see how, how much they love it when the people are going well. Like when you see Oli Thorley running down the wing, like the passion that comes from it, it's exceptional. And that's what um, that's what we need to keep repaying and keep doing. Pod, 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 pod. Rugby pod. You can listen to the full episode of that along with loads of other great content, all for less than the price of a pint a month. So head over to patreon.com forward slash rugby pod to check it out. He is a, he's a top quality player, mate. There's no, no doubt about it. And I think you look at Wasp's struggles without him this year and I think it'll be the same with Gloucester like he'll be key if Gloucester make that top four if they go to a Sandy Park or a Saris with a fit and firing Danny Cipriani they've got a chance of causing an upset I think if they go without him they're a slightly different team so um, it'll be interesting and if he moves it starts a whole conveyor belt of fly halves because obviously a lot of boys are in contract at the minute but if he moves suddenly Gloucester need to take a fly half from somewhere and suddenly the, all the cogs start moving don't they Great answer. <laughs> for yeah, Fred, I'm looking at you, mate. Montpellier monster. Mate, hey, we can sort it out on here. What else have we got? We mentioned about Priestland. Mate, there's some interesting ones actually about the coaches. Ronan O'Gara to France. Can you see it happening? And he's a sought after man. And if anyone needs help, it's the French, as we know. And talking of the French, I was with Paul O'Connell the other week. I'm not too sure he knew he was with me, but I was with him. And I asked him how he was doing at Stad and at Paris. Didn't fill me with much excitement when he spoke about it and there's talk of him not staying there interesting did some huge digging today huge bits of digging what else have you found out absolutely nothing <laughs> interesting a couple of rumours flying around around Mark Wilson to go to Wasp if Falcons go down but Wasp might go down I mean mm-hmm. who knows I, I sound like I'm being horrible there but Mark Wilson's one of my favourite players him and Dan Bigger yeah Shall we finish up with the good, the bad and the ugly? All right, so I'm taking the reins on the good, the bad and the ugly, lads. Um, so I'm going to take all the credit for the good, and then all the bad and the uglies come from Goody. So here we go. So the good, Israel Falau equaling Doug Howlett's record for the most tries scored in Super Rugby. That's good. Jason Tovey reaching 1,000 points in the Pro 14 in Dragons game against the Ospreys. That's also very good. That's a lot. Dan Evans becoming the sixth player ever to score four tries in a Pro 14 match in that one as well. And he's on a new contract today. Exeter for becoming the first team to qualify for the playoffs earlier than anyone else in Premiership history. Congratulations to you. That is all very good stuff. Now, this is all from Goody, the bad and the ugly. So the bad. Leicester lost 16 of their last 19 games in all competitions. Lost a derby at home and they're now in a real relegation fight. Goody, why are you being so horrible? Wasps! Goody, you're talking about wasps. They've only won three of their last 22 games in all competitions. And they also might be in a relegation scrap. Goody, you can't be saying that about wasps, but it's true. The ugly. Rob Webber. Now, he is ugly, but the ugly isn't going to him. It's going for something that allegedly happened to him that he was bitten by Callum Green. Now, I don't know. I ain't seen anything. I ain't heard anything. I have. I've seen Callum Green's been cited. But Goody's saying this is the ugly. So there's one. Another one. Angus Scott Young is facing a lengthy ban after punching James Slipper in Super Rugby. Now, you don't want to make a joke out of people being punched. But what a bloody name James Slipper is. You couldn't get a better name, could you? If, you, if someone said to me, give me a surname, Slipper would be up there. Right, so another ugly thing. Referee Thomas Garabaz... Okay. <laughs> referee ref, <laughs> referee Thomas Sharaba 
Sharamundo, who knows? One of the refs anyway was hit by a slipper. No, he wasn't. He was hit by a coin on the head after Argen's defeat at home to Clermont. And even worse than that, the Argen president was the one who threw it. No, he wasn't. I just added that in. But he reportedly said that the fans were just trying to send a message that the ref had been bought and that they didn't want to hurt anyone. Mate, what a thing for the president to say. You can't go around throwing coins or slippers at anyone, let alone referees during a game of ruggers. So... The good was Jim's, and the bad and the ugly came from his royal belliness, Andy Good. Thanks, Jim, and thanks, Freddie. Thank you very much for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, follow us on Twitter, review us on iTunes, and check out our new Superfans monthly subscription service at patreon.com forward slash the rugby pod. Rugby pod. Rugby pod. Pod, pod, pod. Pod. pod.